Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, everyone. Hope you're having a great day today. Uh, Yoshiko Dart, how are you today? Special shout out to you on every single show. And Ireland. Oh, my goodness. You're going to be passing the United States pretty soon. I mean, the number of listeners is unbelievable. Uh, I know. I I check every month. It's always the same country uh, out of the 17 countries that listen to the show. So, Ireland, whatever you're doing, you're helping people with disabilities in Ireland. So, keep spreading the word keep spreading the word and thank you so much Highmark our lead sponsor for several years now and our other sponsor for half of the year AudioEye AudioEye is a great company with a great software product uh, and they are just rocking it on a national basis so Our guest today is awesome. As a matter of fact, guess what? I was just with her a few days ago. And what amazes me about her is is her incredible passion and commitment to helping people with disabilities. I'm just so impressed with her and we're so excited to have her on the show today. Vicki D.F. Wait a minute. Vicki D. Avanzo. There we go. Welcome right. to the show. Yeah. I'm Italian. Thank you, Thank you so much that. for your kind words. Oh, it's yeah. a fact. And Vicki is the owner of Stellar Support uh, Services. And um, wow, what a great person she is. So, Vicki, how about if you share with our listeners why you became a disability advocate? Absolutely, Joyce. And again, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity and this audience. Um, Becoming a disability advocate was the natural course of my life. My little sister, Debbie, was born with Down syndrome, and I remember that day like it was yesterday. Um, I, along with my brother and sister, were at my grandparents' house. Grandma was making new pajamas for Christmas for the baby so that they matched the rest of us when the call came. Grandma answered the phone. I heard her say, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And then she became very quiet and started to cry and called my grandfather over to the phone. He hugged her and said, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. She hung up and she went right back to sewing. So being a five-year-old, I'm intrigued. I'm like, is everything okay? And I remember grandma saying, the new baby is special. Well, okay. I was five. I didn't care much more about it. Went right back to playing. Later, when my mom and dad got home from the hospital, they sat us down and explained using these great big words. Didn't really mean that much to me. All I knew is I had a new baby to play with, and that's all I cared about. Um, As a big sister, I always wanted to protect and take care of my sisters. Linda was much more strong-willed and independent. Didn't really want a big sister tagging along, even though we were only three years apart. But Deb, on the other hand, was different. She loved the attention and getting spoiled. So I gave her everything that she had wanted. I did notice her eyes were a little bit more round. Her tongue seemed a little bit bigger. And sometimes her skin got kind of blotchy. 
But other than that, she was just a great little sister. So I guess I'd have to say in retrospect, it just fell into this role of being an advocate for people with disabilities. Yeah, and you know what, though? Not everyone does that, Vicki. Not everyone no. does that. That's what makes you so spectacular. And look, isn't it amazing how your sister's life has impacted so many other people? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. She's my biggest hero. Well, Deb, uh, as Debbie grew up, what are some of the main barriers she faced and did you believe that people judged her or tried to exclude her from activities sadly I have to say yes some of the ones I expected from people who don't know better neighbors friends relatives and then some I feel are unacceptable I felt that she was oppressed by the people that should know better special education teachers, people that ran um, pre-K for individuals with disabilities. I remember the neighbor lady always inviting Linda and I over to birthday parties and to play with their girls, but they never invited Deb. And my mom finally said, you know what? You're a threesome. This is a family. You two don't go because Deb can't go. Wasn't happy about that, but as an adult now, I understand why. Eventually, the neighbor realized she wasn't a monster. Her little girls were not going to catch Down syndrome. And she started to invite her. We would be out in public and people would stare. Children would point and whisper. And moms would brush them away. Don't look at her. Don't talk to her. And my mom would go up and say, you know what? It's not the stares and it's not the whispers that hurt. It's the ignorance. The not knowing. The not understanding. My daughter has Down syndrome. It's a chromosomal disorder. It makes what she does happen slower. And that's all that it does. I prefer that you let your children talk to her. Let them ask their questions. Let them grow up to be a better informed, kind adult. So I think there, Joyce, is where it came from. I'm an advocate because it's in my blood. Yeah. You know, we talked about this. Vicki and I talked about this at my company picnic the other day. And what we talked about was how frequently... People with intellectual disabilities or people who are deaf or whatever the disability is are often not included uh, at events. Do you know what I mean? Like people go to a picnic or some uh, other family gathering and people don't realize this, but they have a tendency to just like sort of leave that person off to the side with whomever they feel is, you know, taking care of them. Wouldn't you agree with that, Vicki? I agree wholeheartedly, and I see it often with my friends and their families. They'll be at a, a picnic, and it's too dark. They can't see them to read their lips. No one says, hey, let's turn on a light. Let's put a light outside at the campfire so all of my children, all of the people are included. Or a Christmas party with dinner, and everyone's laughing, and the deaf person says, what's so funny? Oh, it's not important, or oh, I'll tell you later. Tell me later. I want to know now. Everybody's laughing now. I see it every day. Yeah, and really, you know, I guess because at our company picnic, it's called family picnic for a reason. But at these events that we have, you know, I never thought about this 
at a picnic or some, you know, but now that I, well, I should say with your own family, that's what I'm referring to, some big family gathering. And then I start thinking about weddings or different things I've gone to. And I reflect back on that. If a person had some type of disability, they were frequently left off on their own. And I feel part of that is just, I don't want to be bothered with you. When Mm -hmm. you say? I was told by a family mother, by a mother of a child with a deaf, that's deaf, Vicki, you don't understand how hard it is to sign all day long. I'm an interpreter. I sign all day long. I run an agency staffed solely by deaf people. My hands are never resting. Unbelievable. That is horrific. That is. That's terrible. Um, yeah. and, uh, and yet, if something happens, you have an accident or uh, you have a child with a disability, it's amazing how everything changes in a person's life. And also, you have no idea what it means to people when they are included. And I could see that at that picnic, Vicki. I could see how it made people feel when they were included. I have to say, Joyce, it was such a pleasure to be at the picnic because you provided sign language interpreters. I didn't have to. I got to enjoy my staff and my individuals enjoying your picnic and not have to be the one, be the vehicle for access. So thank you. You're welcome. Uh, and with that, we're going to get ready to go to break. If you just joined us, Vicki is the owner and founder of Stellar Support Services. And wait till you hear some of the wonderful things she does. But we're going to go to break, and we'll be right back. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high-test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back, everyone, and we're with Vicki D. Avanso. 
See, I'm working on that. I'm Italian and I'm having yeah. to work on it. Anyway, Vicki <laughs> is the owner of Stellar Support Services and a real disability advocate. Um, and I'm so happy to have her with us today. Uh, so, Vicki, let's move on. Let's talk about Hab Aid and how did that impact your sister's life? I actually prefer, and Stella uses the word, community mentor. Um, bottom line is I think that's what a Habaid does. A Habaid is a person that provides services, whether it be one-on-one or a small group. It can be done in the home or out in the community. And they work with their individual learning and maintaining or improving personal care and home care skills. We tend to focus on socialization, communication, fine and gross motor skills, relationship development, and um, using community resources that are out there. Now, we try to work on all of these goals in a natural way. We're not going to say, okay, let's sit down and work on fine motor skills. It will be more like, oh, man, can you help me pick up all these coins I just dropped? We're still working on the skill, but we're doing it in a natural way. Or, man, I don't know about you, but I'm really thirsty. Let's go over and see how much a bottle of water costs. Oh, wow, I have this $1 bill and a bunch of coins. How many of these quarters do I need to make up the other 50 cents? The skill is being worked on. It's a natural way. Now, Deb, it impacted her life tremendously. I'll admit I'm pretty cool. Thought I've been pretty cool. She thought I was pretty cool. We did everything together. We went out for dinner. We went to coffee. We would go swimming. Um, But I'm still just her sister. I remember so many times sitting at a restaurant and somebody coming up to me and saying, oh, you do such good work. I said, excuse me? What you're doing for her is so nice. And I thought to myself, hanging out with my sister on my parents' dime, no less, wasn't really all that exciting. And I said, I don't understand what you mean. She said, well, aren't you her staff? Her staff? No, I'm I'm her sister. What is this staff that you're talking about? And it wasn't until I went to college and met a friend who was studying special education that she told us about the waiver funding and how with this money Deb could get these services. So she came over and did a presentation to my parents. They thought it might be a good idea. They did all the process, and Deb finally got a habit. I will never forget that. Um, He started taking her places, doing things with her. She started turning me down because it was way more fun to do them with him. Matter of fact, she started going to the movies with him. Now, Deb's afraid of the dark. In all my years of studying, I never realized that a cute guy was the cure to being afraid of the dark because she had no <laughs> problems going into a dark movie theater with him. Um, it broke my heart that I wasn't cool enough to hang out with her anymore, but it gave me such joy to see her blossom and to have her own friend. I couldn't imagine being one of four kids in a family where the other three got phone calls and went out with their friends, or friends came over. But nobody ever called her. Nobody ever came over for her. But John started to call her and make plans for the next day they would meet. So finally, Deb had her own special person. And that was wonderful. Wow. What a story that is. And how sad when you think about the uh, one thing you mentioned about no one called her. No one, I mean, that just, everything about that just really tears you up when you think about, the, you know, isolation. 
That's what it really is, isolation. But as you said, I'm sorry, go ahead. So often, individuals with an intellectual disability don't have friends. They have paid staff or they have parents, but they really don't have friends. They don't know how to make friends. They don't know how to keep friends. And that's something that Stella really tries to promote. And that is so absolutely critically important. Uh, Socialization. Socialization is paramount to the person being healthy in many areas. So I think that's really great that you do that. But in addition to all of this, you decided you were going to be a certified sign language interpreter. Now, when did that happen? Um, I graduated in 2000. So I've been interpreting in two, since 2000. So what's that, 16 years now? And that kind of just happened. I remember working in an insurance company and a friend saying her grandson has cerebral palsy and the doctor suggests she learn to sign. She didn't want to go by herself. I was already polylingual. So I just said, well, why not? I'll go with you. What's another language, right? Can't hurt. So I just took the classes and I realized immediately that this was a perfect fit. That this is where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. I progressed through the classes rather quickly, and then I was encouraged by one of the teachers there to go and become an interpreter. Um, I rolled in the classes at the community college there and became an interpreter. It didn't take long until I realized that I really loved this. And interpreting has taken me down so many different paths. I taught religion at WPSD, Western Pennsylvania School for the Deaf. I interpreted my church. I met some amazing lifelong friends. I've interpreted at colleges, at hospital situations, psychiatric situations, and ultimately interpreting is what led me to Stellar. I was called to an interpret for a young man who was trying to decide where he was going to live, uh, which group home, which facility, which location. And the person that was left to help him decide could not communicate to him. I left that meeting actually sick to my stomach, thinking, how is she going to help him decide when she can't even communicate to him? Got up the next morning and had made the decision I needed to change that. And that was the birth of Stellar. Within a week, I had enrolled in the classes to become a provider through the state and through the county of Allegheny County. Wow. You know what? You don't know how many stories I've heard like this of people who are deaf that maybe go to a doctor or somewhere, no interpreter, and they have no idea what's going on. Um, And and once again, look at you. See, this is why I like you so much, Vicki. You saw something, you did something about it, and you decided to pay it forward. And that's why you're so successful, because you have a passion you have a heart for this. It isn't just something you do. Uh, and, and you can tell it makes all the, you know, it makes all the difference in you and, you know, how you deal with people. And that leads us Thank to you. this wonderful company, Stellar Support Services. So what is Stellar Support Services and what made you found this company? As I said, it came from an interpreting job. But in all honesty, I needed a way to tie my world together. Since I was five, with the birth of my sister, I'd been involved with individuals with an intellectual disability. Um, My mom founded Special Olympics in our county, and I ran that with her for 15 years. 
I help with book work and paperwork and learning how to do the sports and coaching sports and helping at all of our events. I remember the one time we were going to state with our basketball team and our coach got really ill that morning and said he could not attend the state competition at Penn State main campus. My mom says, what are we going to do? And I said, well, it's a, what, six-hour ride by bus. And she's like, yep. I said, let me grab an encyclopedia. And I learned all the rules of basketball en route. Of course, this was before (laughs) the days of cell phones, but I could have looked it up on the Internet. Um, I had the encyclopedia, and I'm taking notes and figured it out and learned the names of all the shots. (coughs) What was a foul? What wasn't a foul? How many points were for each point or whatever? Um, And that was wonderful. Then I became an interpreter. Now I had a new love. I fell in love with the deaf community. I fell in love with the language. I loved interpreting. I loved the avenues and the experiences. But most of all, I loved the people, that sense of community that welcomed me in. So I needed my professional life to be fulfilling. I needed it to bring those two worlds together. And I knew no one was going to make that happen if it wasn't me. So I created Stellar to combine my loves and to work for the people that made me feel whole while letting me serve them. And that's where Stellar started. Oh, and I love the name, by the way. I love the name. But right now, we need to go to our weekly update, our Advocacy Matters. In case you didn't know this, we have an update breaking news We're like CNN breaking news every half hour. We have our disability rights superstar, Perry Jude Radisic from Disability Rights of Pennsylvania on the show to keep all of us really knowing what's going on, what's going on in this country when it comes to advocacy and us being on notice. So, with that, Perry Jude, how are you today? Hey, Joyce, I'm doing great. Uh, great show, as always. And uh, so, it's uh, the time of year when Congress is busy working on their annual appropriations, so we'll be looking at some of those issues coming up as Congress gets closer to putting some of those bills on the floor of the House and Senate. So, uh, we'll stay tuned for that. Uh, they're working through committees now, uh, getting ready to fund critical programs for uh, people with disabilities. Uh, until then, one of the things I wanted to raise with your listeners, it's the time of year across the country when our protection and advocacy network, including Disability Rights Pennsylvania, prepares to approve or look at our annual program goals and objectives. Some of your listeners may know that a a lot of thought and preparation goes into how our agencies, we call them protection and advocacy agencies, do our work. We go through a process where we obtain public input into our work each and every year. And we put together with our boards of directors. And and we do that, Joyce, because Congress, we're authorized by Congress to do our work. And Congress doesn't give us enough resources to serve every person with a disability. 
who calls our office seeking legal and advocacy services. And so I know you've had us on your show, Derek Baldwin from NDRN, the National Disability Rights Network, our national president, Kurt Decker, and we've talked about our national network of protection and advocacy agencies. And your listeners know we offer free legal and advocacy services to individuals with disabilities across this country if they fit into our annual goals and objectives under these federal grant schemes. I know this sounds complicated, but what I'm asking is that your listeners go to our states and give all of our national uh, agencies or national network your public input from people with disabilities, family members, and other key stakeholders. Give us your input about issues that are most important to you and your community. And we use that information to set these annual goals and objectives, and that helps us with public policy that that helps us determine how much special education we're going to do, how much mental health work we're going to do, how much developmental disabilities work we're going to do, and what kind of work we're going to do in those areas. And it helps us triage those phone calls. So if you live in Pennsylvania and you want to comment on the issues that are most important to you, go visit disabilityrightspa.org. We have a comment survey that's at the bottom of our homepage. I'd love to have your comments about what's most important to you here in Pennsylvania. And I know our sister agencies out there in Idaho, Alaska, Arizona, New York, Connecticut, all of those states and others are seeking input as well. You can find those links to their websites to submit your comments for their annual goals and objectives by visiting the National Disability Rights Network. That's ndrn.org. That's if you live in another state. You can go on their homepage. There's a map of the country. You click on the state where you live, and you'll find your way to your protection and advocacy agency. Again, if you live in Pennsylvania, please submit your comments at our website, which is disabilityrightspa.org. If you live in another state, go to ndrn.org and help show their work in your state. Advocacy matters, and we need your input to help set our annual goals and objectives for fiscal year 2019, which begins August 1st. So thanks, Joyce, for letting us get that word out. Hey, I am so glad you did that because you know what? Everyone, nothing changes unless you speak up. You have to speak up. You can't sit back and say, oh, this is so important. Yeah, it's so important, but you've got to do something about it. As someone said the other day to me, it's not just being in the know. It's being where you go, and that is so true. Perry Jude, thank you so much for being with us. Hey, thanks, Joyce, and uh, have a great show. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. Sure. Well, we're going to get ready to go to break now that we've had that news update for all of you. Um, and then we'll be right back with Vicki. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters 
at voiceamerica.com. We'll be back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high-test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back everyone to the show. We're talking to Vicki D. Avanzo. How's that, Vicky? It's Davonzo, but that's okay. Vicky Davonzo. Oh, that's go. easier. <laughs> Vicky Davonzo <laughs> of Stellar Support Services, where she is the owner and CEO uh, of the company. And I wanted you to tell us about your employee base. Uh, of people with disabilities, because when you told me this, I just found it unbelievable. Could you talk about that? Absolutely. We currently employ 15 adults, 13 of which are deaf. Um, The reason I went with the deaf is one of the purposes of a Habaid is to teach our individuals how to maneuver within the world. Well, they're maneuvering with a deafness in a hearing world. So who better to help them maneuver than someone that has experienced it and is living it every day. I will never be deaf. No amount of classes, no college degree will ever make me deaf. I will never face the challenges the deaf individuals challenge. (coughs) I will never have trouble making a simple phone call. 
I will never have someone think I'm rude because I didn't hear them and therefore did not respond. So much of what I learn is incidental. I overheard something on the bus or I overheard it standing in the line at the checkout. But everything a deaf person learned, they had to work at it. They had to search it out and look for it and then learn it. Those are my champions, my deaf staff. They are what make this agency stellar, not me. So they can... Go ahead. Yeah, they can certainly help my individuals do what they do every day. And they do it, and they do it with ease and with grace. I know so many companies are afraid to hire the deaf. They're better workers than a lot of hearing folks because there's no distraction. There's no auditory distraction. They don't sit and gossip, and they don't sit and talk because they really don't have anybody else to talk to. I can't tell you how many times as a business owner and as a boss, Scheduling is an issue for everyone. I don't care who you are. I don't care what company you run. There's always emergency. Somebody needs this day off, and so does that person. And how do we do, and how do we make it fair? That's pretty much been taken out of my hands. Being that my deaf staff members are part of the Stellar family, but they're also part of the larger deaf community, and that they have a closeness to each other. They cover for each other, they solve the scheduling problem, and then they let me know, oh, by the way, I'm going to cover for so-and-so, and she's going to cover for me on Tuesday, and then he's going to cover, and it's done. It's, I'm blessed, is all I can say, as I'm blessed. And you know what? Okay, you're walking the talk. See, that when people come to my office, they see that everyone in this office are people with disabilities. And someone said to me once, oh, you mean you have all people with disabilities working there? Wheelchair, blind, deaf, mental health, everything. And I said, and would you mind telling me why you think I would go around telling people that they should do this, but I would not do it? Exactly. So, kudos for you. And you know what? Think what you're giving them. No wonder people with disabilities are so appreciative. If you just give them a chance to work, it gives them such dignity. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure right. you see that in your own It shows in their work. Now, for example, uh, I was talking about the picnic. Remember when you told me, though, how proud people felt when people went and talked to them? Remember mm-hmm. that? Yes. Well, it, yes. it's the same thing when you have a job. It's it's beyond that because it's such dignity. You know, you have respect. You're doing something. You're getting paid. Um, and I, I think that's just absolutely fabulous. So, uh, Vicki, I know You mean they matter? I, pardon me? They matter. Yeah. Right, right. I was reading about, uh, in your bio, about the summer camp. How about if you tell our listeners about that? (laughs) A friend of mine was contacted by the School for the Deaf in West Virginia. She had run part of the summer camp the year before, and this year they were planning on doing something CSI-related. And she said, I know the person for you. I know the exact perfect person to run this camp. So they contacted me and they told me they wanted to have like a murder mystery kind of thing and they were going to buy this program. So they sent me a copy of what the program was going to look like and I said, please don't waste your money. Let me write you a murder mystery. I'm trained in forensic biology. Let me do this because they were going to have um, Xerox copies of footprints and they were going to cut them out and tape them on the ground and 
have fingerprints made out of paper, cardboard, or whatever. And I'm like, no, no, no. Let me do it. My friend who herself is deaf and an engineer agreed to work with me. So that was a team that was a good match. I had the forensic background, and she had the engineering. So she would know how things would land if there was a fight and how things would end up, tables would turn if they were bumped or or what have you. So we set off to do it. Um, And the the background story, a high school softball player, a female deaf high school softball player, had been murdered. Um, And prior to her murder, she was being recruited by two different schools. One recruiter was a a woman, and the other recruiter was a deaf guy. And that's kind of the the gist of the story. Well, she was found dead in the team room. And if you give me a second, I can paint the scene for you. Um, On the floor were muddy footprints, two different sizes from a uh, like a scuffle that had happened. On the wall, there was a blood spatter with an outline of a human. There was, the table had been knocked out of place, paint bottles were on the floor, the bloody baseball bat was laying on the floor, and in the center of the room was a dead body with a stab wound, including blood, maggots, fly eggs, and oh my goodness. Um, so the camp itself was a week-long camp. It was comprised of deaf, hard of hearing, blind, low vision, deaf-blind individuals, some with an intellectual disability, some without. So my challenge was, how am I going to make all of this accessible to everyone? They learned how to lift a fingerprint, how to identify a fingerprint, how to determine shoe size based on a shoe print, how to identify bite marks. Um, my friend and I made eight and a half by 11 inch regular letter paper fingerprints so that the blind could feel the whirls and the swirls and the loops and mix so that they could identify that since they couldn't see the fingerprint. We made DNA strands out of pool noodles. We did everything we could to make it not only visual, but physical, so that the blind could touch it, the deaf could see it, and we also had to make it accessible to those with an intellectual disability while still maintaining the integrity of the course itself. Every class was taught in sign language, it was taught in voice, and it was taught in simultaneous communication, which is speaking and signing at the same time, because not everybody's needs were the same. They did amazing. I'm surprised I didn't get fired because they made a shoe print of the uh, superintendent's shoe by painting red paint on the bottom of her very expensive leather oh, shoes to make sure she wasn't, in fact, one of the criminals that they were suspecting. They collected flies, and they used the maggot oh, size and the maggot stage of development to determine when the person had died. Um, by the end of the week, they worked really hard, and they figured out who had committed this murder. And then at the end of the day, to make it understandable for everyone, we reenacted the entire murder as it played out. And the absolutely amazing thing was that after we had the little scuffle, I looked at the, the new footprints. They were exactly like we had placed them when we set up the, the crime scene. The table was moved in exactly the same way. The paint bottles had fallen exactly how they fell when we set up the crime scene. I mean, my friend, the engineer, she really knew her stuff. I mean, it was really perfect. And everyone could see how she was murdered. And that's how camp ended. 
well, the following year, I thought it was important to know what happens now. So the following year, we took it a step farther and did court. We took the individual to court. The students learned raw deer. They learned how to write a subpoena. They learned how to subpoena someone and how to have them delivered. They learned interviewing tactics. Um, I started feeling guilty because they were quizzing me so hard that I almost confessed, even though I knew technically, well, I technically was the one since I was the one that set up the murder, but I was starting to feel very guilty and very heated because the questions became so real. But they realized rather quickly that they had convicted an innocent man. And they're like, we can't take him to court. I said, it's too late now. You already set up the prosecution. And the city of Romney, West Virginia, was so wonderful that they let us use the courthouse. And they had a real bailiff come in. One of my staff played the judge. My students with an intellectual disability served as the jury. And they presented all their evidence, and they were kind of cute, and they had so much evidence that was completely irrelevant, but they just kept showing stuff because it, it was kind of exciting. To, and we like to submit this into evidence and this into evidence. But he luckily was found innocent because, in fact, he was. And that's how summer camp went. That was my two wow, favorite summer camps. Wow, that camp. is so much fun. It was amazing. Oh, Some of my adult friends are like, we that. need to do this here. Oh, that is so much fun. Yeah, that is. Well, that was great. And you know what? How about how they learned things through all of that? Mm-hmm. Well, your average person is never going to learn how to lift a fingerprint or how to take a bite mark impression. We also did chromatography because there or was... Or anything about court. Right. Exactly, mm-hmm. unless they're stuck in court situation themselves. But they even did chromatography, which they had to determine which pen wrote the note. So they had to break down the colors of the ink into all of its components and make a comparison. Wow. It was true business. They really had, had a good time. So, Vicki, your company right now, how large is it and what, what are your goals? Currently, we have 15 direct care staff. Um, and we provide service to 18 individuals, and we're in six counties. We also teach American Sign Language both on an individual level and at a company level. Um, we're always growing, and we plan to continue to add new services in the near future. Oh, that's great. And how do people find you? Um, you can Google us. If you're in the state system already the, um, on the waiver, the supports coordinators will find us in Hicksus. Okay, and do you have a website? www.stellarsupportservices.net. There you go. That way you can get in touch with Vicki if you're interested in using her services, and we will make sure that we repeat that to you. Are you on Facebook? It's currently being built, our Facebook, so we will be up shortly. Okay, so for right now, we'll use your uh, website in order to get in, tr- in touch with you just to make sure everyone can reach you. What is it again? Tell everyone again. I gave you the wrong address. Stellar, S-T-E-L-L-A-R, support, S-U-P-P-O-R-T, service, S-E-R-V-I-C-E dot com. I'm sorry, I gave you my email address the first time. That's okay. One more time, please. Stellar, support, service dot com. There you go. Um, so, Vicki, look what you've done. Oh, my goodness. To me, you have accomplished so much in your life right now. But what would you say is your greatest accomplishment? 
I don't think I've done all that much. I don't think I'm so wonderful. I'm just an ordinary gal. But I would have to say stellar. I built it from the bottom up. Um, I had never written policies or procedures, and with my mom sitting right next to me at the computer telling me, uh, that doesn't sound right. I think that grammar sounds a little off. You need to fix that. Um, I got all of them written, got them approved, and it went on. Uh, I got it done. But I don't think it's successful because I earn money, or I don't think it's successful because of anything other than the fact that I've seen so much growth. I've seen personal growth in myself as a business leader. I've improved my level of understanding of people. I've learned to be more patient. I've learned how to run a business. And I know that my late husband is looking down on me from heaven and saying, good job. I'm proud of you. Now, if you could just learn to balance your checkbook, you'd be good. (laughs) But I've also, it's terrible, I have to admit. I've also seen so much growth in my staff. I had a guy say to me, I don't know if I can do this. I don't even think I know anybody with an intellectual disability. But I'll give it a shot. He's one of my best. He's amazing. I have seen them increase their own personal confidences. I've watched them improve mental health issues that they have. We all have. But I've seen them feel better about themselves. They have a greater appreciation for what they have and a deeper understanding and more compassion for the people that they serve. But I also see so much growth in my individuals. They've truly come out of their shells. They, they now have confidence to try new things, to initiate conversation, to carry on conversations. I, I see their personalities like just explode. They now tell us jokes and tease with us. Where in the beginning, they just kind of sat around and, and didn't say much or do much. They give us so much more than we ever gave them. I have to read any, all of the progress notes that my staff make, and I see comments. I was met with such huge, huge smiles when I picked them up. That made my day. I love my job. Nowhere else do I get this much pleasure. And the best way, I guess, to sum up this accomplishment, as you're calling it, is that we serve them but they serve me and my staff with so much more. Yeah, that is a great way. That is a great way to uh, describe it. Uh, but you, this is a great accomplishment, Vicki. You're very humble, but this is a great accomplishment. So, Vicki, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? I think, Joyce, what I'd have to say is anytime you see an injustice in the world or a wrong that needs righted, please don't assume someone else is going to fix it. I would rather you ask yourself, if not me, then who? And if you don't have a name for that who, guess what? That who is you. And like Helen Keller was quoted in saying, alone we can do so little, but together we can do so much. So let's do it together. Amen to that. And uh, I want to thank you again, Vicki, for being with us. And one more time, if a business or a person wants to reach you to obtain your services, how do they reach you? StellarSupportService.com or they can video, or video chat me at 412 
888-253-6083 or phone at 412-996-6263. Okay, and I want to... I want to remind you that you can go to Voice America or BenderConsult.com and hear this show because they are archived. Uh, And, of course, you can go to Apple and get the podcast. Well, thank you so much for being with me today. I love you all, and I look forward to talking to you next week. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.